What's up, everyone? I'm Brady Morgan, and I'm the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and review and rate the podcast. That would be very much appreciated. Before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures through weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing events all over the country. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trek podcast. And today we have an interview with an individual based out of New York City. He's a stock trader and the founder of Netcon, Mr. Simon Lerner. Simon, what's going on, man? Brady, thank you so much for having me on Budget Trek. I'm super excited to be here on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, my man. So for my newer listeners, I kind of want to talk about the background of Budget Trek and how it started. So it started with me and my wife striving to reach our own version of financial freedom, kind of documenting that process, the struggles, the successes. But along that way, I knew that it was deeper than that. It was about struggles. So being an entrepreneur, I know that everyone has their fair share of struggles, whether that's financial, mental, emotional, whatever. But before we get into your story, Simon, and how that plays into the foundation of Budget Track, always lead with this question. What is the dumbest purchase you have ever made? Oh, Brady, there is a bunch of dumb purchases I've made over my life, even though like I'm only 19 years old. I, you know, like I'll tell you straight up that <laughs> there's purchases that were mistakes that I regret and also not really regret, even though some dumb purchases, um, you know, they're dumb. I feel like I'm happy that I made those dumb purchases so early on in life that now I know not to make those purchases again in the future. I mean, uh, when I started making some solid money, like instead of investing it to create passive income, I just went out there and bought, you know, stupid things. Like, for example, like I, I, I got a new car. I got a Mercedes AMG, right? <laughs> that, that's not really an investment. That's a, you know, liability because it's right. going to lose value. It's not going to make you money, right? Um, now, fortunately I can afford to, to have that car and, you know, it's, it's paid off and everything's good. And it's pretty much, you know, if anything is helping me make more money because it's my personal brand, right? People see a car, people want to follow you, all, all that stuff. But, um, at that time it was a dumb purchase because have I not purchased that car and just postponed that instant gratification, um, a few months from the time that I bought it, I would have made so much more money by just leveraging the money that I had in cash to buy it. And then also what I would have done, I wouldn't have bought the car. I would have probably leased it uh, just because, uh, hey, you get a new car every three years. You right. don't get to take any sort of responsibility, say the car breaks or something goes wrong, any repairs, any service on the car. The dealership is taking care of that for you because they have equity in a car. If you buy a car and you know the engine breaks, well, shit, you have to pay 25, 30 grand out of pocket to fix the car. Right. So that's their own uh, responsibility. So um, that's, you know, one of the dumbest purchases I've made. You know, the rest is um, not all that dumb. Everything else I buy pretty much is to either help me grow as a person, uh, help me grow as a business owner, give back to the community, invest in myself, uh, whether it's, you know, I'm buying a course, right? Like, you know, I've invested tens of thousands of dollars into my own education, you know, so I can't really complain about that, even though some courses might not have, you know, returned that, but I still count that as an investment. Because right. I feel like everything I did either taught me a lesson uh, that you know, you know, like hey, you don't you don't have to do this again in the future, or actually made me more money. So 
Well, I, th- I think it's cool too that you're only 19 and you're already learning that impulse purchases do happen, I think regardless of age and experience. But the older you get, the more you're able to weigh the pros and cons and way more able to determine, okay, is this money better used somewhere else? And I can tell you right now, Simon, I mean, you're 19, but there's probably people 20 years older than you that don't think through that. I mean, I really appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I, when I buy things, um, you know, like if I can't afford to buy a certain thing, um, especially if it's that liability t- 10 times over, right. Then I'm not going to buy it once. Right. So right. if it's, let's say it's, if it's a, if it's a $50,000 car, if I don't have $500,000, if I don't have 10 times more money, I'm not going to buy that car. Right. Because it just yeah. doesn't because that means I can't afford it because there's other expenses, other investments, other things I need to take care of to make sure I, I can make more money and create, you know, passive income and automate my life and right. I'll get work. And you know, there's employees, there's business expenses, there's everything that comes into place. So. Absolutely. There's a, uh, so Robert Kiyosaki wrote a book called why the rich are getting richer and he approaches things, <clears throat> purchases like that with, yes, I can't afford it, but he asked a question, how can I afford it? Mm-hmm. So it kind of puts him in that mindset of, okay, how do, how can I generate that money in order to be able to purchase that in X amount of months or years, et cetera. But I want to dive deeper into who you actually are. I mean, you're very interesting. You're the founder of Netcon, you're a stock trader in New York city, doing all these big things, but I know there's more to you than just that. Yeah, totally. I'm going to give you a little quick uh, rundown. Not going to take much more of your uh, viewers' time. Just get a quick rundown of who I am, um, you know, um, and what I've accomplished so far and what my goals and plans are. So I'm 19, uh, going to be 20 soon. I was born and grew up in Russia. Um, I was born there and I actually moved to America when I was uh, 13 years old uh, because uh, my mom wanted me to get a better education. So Technically, she brought me here for uh, for me to eventually go to college, but I ended up dropping out. Um, so I was raised in uh, Russia. My parents got divorced when I when I was two. Um, until the age of two, actually, my dad, from what my mom says, was very successful. I, I don't really have a relationship with him right now, but he was very successful. He just sold his company for a couple of million dollars from what I know. And we had pretty much a set life, right, until the age of two. Um, I had like a, a, a butler, a cook, or a you know, whatever, everything set, right? But then at the age of two, my dad left and he never paid child support and my mom just had to uh, figure out a way to, uh, you know, support and raise a kid on her own. And that was a big shift for her. So growing up, um, my mom was struggling a lot because, you know, she went from like being a wife of a very successful business owner to being like, hey, now I have to figure everything out on my own. I have no money. No one's paying me child support to raise a kid got to figure this out. So she, she worked jobs. She did real estate actually, um, you know, on a side, uh, just straight up hustler. So that's where I kind of picked that up from my mom and I have the utmost respect and I give, you know, all the credits to her for raising me the way she did. But, um, you know, growing up, I saw that struggle, uh, the, fin- the financial struggle my mom had. So my mission, my wife were, you know, trying to make money, trying to get financially literate, educate myself was, hey, I don't want to see my mom struggle so much anymore. And I want to be the rock for other people to fall back on other people around me. Like if my friends, my sisters, my, you know, like uh, family, somebody struggling, I want to be that person there for them and be able to take care of any of their, you know, like expenses or things they might need like to survive and get by because you know in this world nothing is really guaranteed and i wanted to kind of provide people hope and be that person for them so that's why i kind of got started so when i moved to uh, to america i was 14 didn't really fit in 
um, wasn't Americanized whatsoever, didn't know anything about American sports. Like, you know, kids in school invited me to play football and I came to school with like a soccer ball and people like made fun of me, that kind of stuff. And um, due to myself not fitting in, in, you know, like throughout high school, instead of doing clubs and activities after school, I would just run home like after ninth period and like at 2.30 p.m. I would just go, go home, um, you know, lock myself in basically my own room with a computer or a book and everything um, instead of staying in school and hanging out with other kids and smoking pot and whatever. Um, so I took that time from 14 to 19 to, from 14 to 18 technically to, you know, invest in myself and uh, dive into personal development, start reading personal development books, you know, reach out for dad things like that, Millionaire Next Door, Millionaire Success Habits, and that's how I kind of started, right? That's what started for me. I had that extra time on my hands, and that's how I kind of learned English as well because I had really no other option, you know, just by reading books and watching videos and tutorials, and I started, you know, uh, freelancing online versus started doing some uh, uh, video work for, for some people, just editing some clips and making, you know, five bucks here, 10 bucks here. Uh, that was uh, pretty cool. But then um, the funny thing is I started playing video games. I, I got super addicted to this game. It was uh, CSGO, I believe. But it wasn't for the fact that, hey, I just want to play a video game with like other people and like connect with people online. It was, hey, I'm interested in this because there is a marketplace, like an online marketplace for players of the game to uh, you know purchase items and purchase certain items for their character to enhance the game. And I got super kind of involved in that entire system the entire um kind of digital currency system in the game so what i started doing was you know i so getting very involved to learn everything about it spent like six seven hours every single day you know connecting with other individuals trying to buy buy things from one person sell it to the other person and in a matter of three years so i did that from the age of 15 to basically 17 uh you know 14 and a half to 17 i was playing that game and I'm trading online i built my inventory like online of digital basically virtual pixels to be worth around $15,000 from, you know, pretty much zero. I mean, that's, you know, three years of working six, seven hours every day playing a video game. Right. Obviously make much more money just, you know, working at McDonald's. But for me, you know, that was something. I had much more money saved up at 17 than a lot of people did, um, you know, my age, just, you know, kids in high school. And I was kind of very proud of that. So then what I did, um, that entire thing, you know, with the trading community, that kind of started dying down, shutting down. So I just cashed everything out and I had, $15,000 on hand. And uh, then I started, you know, looking at YouTube and started, you know, looking at other ways to potentially make money. And I ran into this guy called Ricky Gutierrez. I'm sure you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a stock trader and I uh, was very fascinated. He's the person basically that introduced me to stocks and I started learning uh, how to trade stocks. Uh, you know, funny enough, I put in $10,000 out of that 15 grand to try to, you know, a trade. I saw him like making, you know, 300, 500, $2,000 a day and I was like, whoa, this guy is pretty cool. He's like young, 23, just, you know, saw his video, um, you know, youngest millionaire in, our, in Arizona, posted his uh, cars and, you know, his McLaren. He's like 23, driving GTR. That was like the dream life. I'm like, dude, this guy is balling. I need to, I need to like get into stock. So I put in $10,000 out of that 15 grand that I had into stocks, just started trading random stocks without knowing anything, no information whatsoever. Uh, the first stock I ever bought was JCPenney. Why did I buy it? Like no reason whatsoever. I just thought it was a good investment, like popped up in my thing, uh, bought $10,000 worth of shares, no risk management, nothing. Just bought $10,000 worth of JCPenney, waited a week, like, and like didn't check up anything. In a week, checked my uh, Robinhood account and it was like a 13 grand. I was like, dude, I just made $3,000. 
doing nothing. And I think like they had earnings that week and they beat earnings and uh, they went up like 22, 30%, something along those lines. I was like, dude, holy crap, I can make so much money with this. I was so pumped. I made three grand, like, you know, being in high school, like a senior year of high school, you don't make just three grand in a week doing nothing. Right. And for me, that was like, dude, I just found the biggest hack to life. Why doesn't everyone do this? And I kept reinvesting and buying random stocks without knowing anything. Uh, so my account went from 10 to about $18,000, just beginner's luck, right? And then in a matter of three months from that $18,000, everything started going downhill. Um, and by, um, I believe, April or May of senior year, that account that was uh, once at $18,000 ended up being at like $1,200. So I ended up losing <laughs> like 90% of my account in a matter of like three months just making stupid investments. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> I just lost all the money. What do I do now? <laughs> and then I realized that, hey, I was just like not even trading or investing. I was just gambling. I was just putting money at like, you know, random stocks, no risk management, no idea what I'm practically doing, just doing it, you know, because it feels right. Right. But that's right. not how it really works. So then I'm like, hey, I need to invest into my own education. So then I went out there and I found mentors. I bought Ricky's course. I bought some other courses on trading and spent, uh, you know, the next, um, you know, six months learning the craft and actually understanding the markets, understanding, you know, how to read the charts, understanding level two time and sales, uh, news catalysts, you know, Trump tweets, like everything and get the entire puzzle piece to kind of form in my head. So then when it started making sense, I took that remaining, uh, you know, like 5,000 hours that I had and then I invested that and then I grew that account and that's where, you know, I'm at right now. So That's awesome, man. Yeah, I actually interviewed Ricky Gutierrez earlier on. So he's a good dude. And I, I can tell that trading stocks is definitely a lucrative investment in yourself. But just like you said, beginner's luck is a thing. It is. My advice for people who are listening to this would be to take to invest into yourself before you invest into the markets if you're trying to trade stocks or if you're doing anything for that fact if it's you know <laughs> e-commerce marketing and make sure to invest into your own education actually find mentors who have results that you want not just some fluffy you know e-commerce guru trying to sell you a course who bought a course himself learned a skill in you know five days and made a course to you know sell you a course make money selling a course teaching you how to do a skill that he doesn't right. know very well make sure to do your due diligence to know, hey, this person actually has real results. He knows what he's doing and you know, I can learn from him. How can you learn from those people? Well, you need to either bring something to the table, right? Add value to them so they take you under their, under their wing and mentor you or you, you know, like buy their course, buy their products, right? It doesn't have to be expensive. There's a lot of free information out there. Like Ricky posts videos twice a day, every single day for the past three years, he's been posting for the entire trading community. You can learn for free, right? If you want to expert, expedite your learning curve, you might you know, want to invest some money uh, into your own education if you have spare money, right? Then uh, that'll be the way to go. But definitely yeah. when I was in college, you know, like I, I dropped out freshman year of college, um, and that was because I was uh, already, you know, like uh, taking Ricky's course and kind of getting my feet wet. That was the first six months I was, uh, you know, uh, trading with that $5,000 now that I had left over. And I was sitting in my uh, econ class. I was majoring in business um, and finance. And I was sitting in my economics class. And um, the teacher was talking talk to us about, you know, the stock market, uh, investing, growing your money, growing your wealth. And I came up to the professor after the class and I was like, hey, I was really interested in your lecture. I'm actually currently like trading Tesla. I wanted to ask you for some advice, opinions. What do you think about it? And the guy was like, 
Simon, I appreciate you being so interested, but I can't give you any advice on stocks because I'm not invested in the stock market. My wife doesn't let me trade stocks. And then I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. Then it clicked for me. I'm like, wait, you're teaching the lecture to 30, 40 kids sitting in this classroom on how to grow your wealth, invest into the markets, how the markets can you know, make you money, yet you've never traded a stock in your life. Why am I taking advice from you? So I was taking advice from a person who's not a practitioner. He just regurgitates information from a textbook on like, Potentially, this is how you do it, but he's never done it, right? It's like taking a device from a person in a gym on how to get a six-pack, yet he's never had a six-pack. He's 300 pounds overweight, right? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't do that. So why are you taking advice from people who don't have results that you want to have? Right. The apple doesn't fall far away from a tree. So if you're a professor or the person you're taking advice from is the tree and you're the apple, right? You're not going to be far from that. If you're a professor driving 1996 Toyota Camry and makes 60 grand a year, the information he provides you and teaches you it's not going to make you a millionaire or, you know, point you in that direction. You maybe are going to drive a 2002 to it. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think it's definitely key to listen to people and invest in courses from people who have done what you want to do. I think that's really key, but I kind of want to put a halt on the stock trading thing because there's another area of, prof- of your professional life that you excel in as well, and that's NetCon. Yeah, so for, for those people who are not familiar with what Netcon is, basically Netcon is more of a passion project. I found that with my you know stock trading profits. And as of right now, we're not making money. It's not a business. It's more to give back to the community and grow that community. So it's an educational platform. We want to provide both online and in-person resources to people to learn about business and entrepreneurship. And we want to reform basically the educational system and the way people learn about business, right? So we do that through a series of events. We just launched our mastermind two days ago. It's a free uh, online Discord group where people can come join and network and learn from other people in different areas. It's completely free, not, nothing sold, not, not a course, not a funnel, just completely free. Uh, we also just started our Necon uh, show podcast, and um, soon we're launching our entrepreneur uh, visionary clothing line, which would be the Necon apparel. So that is uh, the vision behind you know the uh, the brand and our mission is to basically change the way people learn about business. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. So let, let's go back to. You know, you said it's a passion project. How did you get started? That was right after, right after that uh, college lecture. So everything uh, ties in together. I was like, hey, you know, like I shouldn't be in college. Why am I taking advice from a professor who's not invested in the stocks? I want to, you know, learn to be a profitable stock trader, not, you know, a worker. College great, uh, makes great employees and workers. So I was like, I need to find alternative ways to learn about business and entrepreneurship and trading and find incredible people who have results that I, that actually have done things that I want to do. So I was like, um, okay, I need to learn from places outside of college. And I started looking online I stumbled up on Grant Cardone. I was like, cool dude, he's a billionaire made a billion dollars in real estate. Oh, and he's having this 10X growth conference in Miami in 2018, right? Might go check that out. And it seems like he's having big speakers, you know, Ty Lopez, Steve Harvey, Damon John from Shark Tank. I, was, I used to watch Shark Tank. So I was like, okay, this place should be, you know, great, I'm going to go and learn from people who actually have, you know, the results that I want. So I went to 10X Growth Conference and I was super disappointed because it was practically, you know, college part two, Not nothing against Grant Cardone, love the guy. But uh, what ended up happening is I spent, you know, three grand to go down to Miami, book the uh, seat for the event, the hotel and everything. And all it was is just the entire event was motivational bullshit. Every single speaker went on stage to try to like motivate you to be like, Oh, I made a million dollars doing this or this or that. So you can too, you know? And then, and then it was a sales fest. So they're like, buy my course if you want to learn how. 
So instead of actually right. working and providing you value and actually mentoring you, giving you personalized attention, um, you know, in areas you might be lacking, the structure of that was like, hey, those people are sitting in their room. We just want to extract their credit card numbers and charge them the most money to make the most money on our back end, right? So I caught on to that and I'm like, shit, this isn't right. Because there's like 15 speakers and 30,000 attendees. There's no way, you know, like you, you can't go up to Grant Cardone and be like, hey man, can we like sit down for 15 minutes? I'll show you my real estate portfolio. You can give me some advice and work with me like one-on-one and coach me and give me, you know, like I'd love to work with you. He's going to be like, yeah, no, <laughs> that's right. going to cost you like you know, 10 grand or 50 million, whatever it is. So I was like, we need to create something where we don't put speakers and people with results on a pedestal, right? Like, you know, like those untouchable people who you can never reach and talk to. Mm-hmm. I want to create an event and an atmosphere where people can, you know, get access to those individuals and have them work with them on their issues and actually answer their questions and have them get access and proximity to those people, right? Because your environment is your destiny. If you are proximate, you're close to those people, they're going to elevate you, right? If your environment is, you know, uplifting you, you're the average of your five people, so you're going to be uplifted. So that's what the thinking behind that was. And I was like, okay, so let me throw my own event. Fuck it. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Experience an event throwing, like, you know, whatsoever, just decided to do my own event. Just, went 100% at it, was super passionate about it. I'm like, this isn't right. You know, if college is not it and, you know, 10X Growth Conference isn't it, then how do people fucking learn? So then I'm like, okay, let's start our own thing. And I called it NetCon, which means network and connect, right? Right. Um, So we wanted to focus on integrity-based relationships where people, you know, build actual relationships rather than just walking around passing out business cards and trying to extract value from other people being like, oh, because when you, you... you need to understand when people are walking around trying to give you business cards, they're trying to just extract value for you. And their head, it's like, Hey, I'm going to give him my business card and try to see if he has something for me in return so I can get more business. Right. Right. But that's not really how you grow together as a community. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, we're going to do our, you know, own events, change it up. We're only going to have a hundred people, you know, and, 15 different speakers and that way the attendee speaker ratio is going to be one to five, one to six, and everybody's going to be able to, you know, sit down one on one, one or two, one or five with their laptops and actually talk to the speakers and get, you know, actual value rather than just motivational fluff. So we did that. We had our first event just um, under a year ago, 10 months ago, like April 14th, 2019 was the first event we did. And since then we did four of those events. Our most recent one was in, LA and that was a major, you know, like success. We had Jason Capital speak, Mikey Taylor, um, Dan Fleischman uh, spoke. I'm not sure if you know who Dan is. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the youngest founders of a publicly traded company. Yeah. We had, you know, yep. Yeah. We had a bunch of uh, awesome speakers. The thing is like none of our speakers are allowed to sell any courses or programs. It's all value driven. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. So going along this journey with NetCon, what has been the biggest struggle? I like that question. I mean, what the struggle is, there's a lot of struggles and obstacles. Obviously, with entrepreneurship in general, it's not a clear path. It's not like, you know, a nine to five job because a nine to five job is you wake up at, you know, like at eight, you, you come to your job at nine, you work nine to five, you kind of have instructions from your boss or whoever and what to do. You do those things, you get paid, you know, a certain amount of money per hour, right? Um, and then that's it. And you repeat it with entrepreneurship. 
there is no guarantees, right? There's no guarantee that, hey, this is going to work. This is going to make you money. People are going to believe in this. So it's a lot of convincing to do here, right? A lot of getting people to buy into your idea of like, hey, you know, like this is first of all new. No one is doing this. No one is doing private events where speakers are not allowed to sell courses and it's small and intimate and it's very, you know, fairly inexpensive. And, you know, it's a lot of convincing to do for for the people, for the general public uh, of like, hey, you know, you should trust me and hey, I'm not here to sell you stuff. I'm actually here just to provide value because a lot of people are skeptical. A lot of people right. think, okay, I'm just going to this event and every speaker is just going to go up there and try to sell me stuff, right? That's a lot of, um, you know, the common misconceptions. Then, you know, just getting people, people on board with your idea is definitely one thing. But if I think the thing that kind of makes it all come together is if you believe in your idea more than everybody else, everyone is going to come on board. Like you have to believe in yourself more than anybody else does. Otherwise people are not going to believe in you. So, yeah, I think that's good advice. Even for anyone out there that people come out with these ideas and maybe it's, you know, e-commerce or real estate or stock trading, whatever, but they don't believe in what they're trying to do. So it's harder if they're trying to build a team around them or have clients, customers, whatever it is, it's harder for them to get on board as well. Absolutely. Another thing I would say is if you're not passionate or truly care about what it is that you do, you're not going to get it, get it to the level where it's actually successful because you're going to burn out along the way if you're just doing it for the money. And what I mean by, by that is when times get tough, when your client says, fuck you, and you get charged back, whatever you might be doing, or your supplier fucks up and your shipment doesn't come through, or you know someone files a, a claim against you if you're doing e-commerce or whatever it might be, right? You're going to be most likely to quit if you are not really like passionate about what it is that you do, if you're just doing it for money, right? If things are not working and you're just doing it for money and something goes wrong, you're just going to be like, fuck it. You know, I'm going to go try to do something else to make money because it's not making me money. Right. Otherwise, if you are truly passionate about it and care about what you do, you're going to put in the actual work necessary to break through that barrier and get to the, ne- to the next level. With me, with Netcon, I'm truly passionate about helping people learn, right? And people like help people learn the right information and get advice from credible people. That's what I'm truly passionate about. So when things weren't working, when event tickets weren't selling, when we, when we were losing money in events, when a venue canceled for us for our like LA event, right? They said, oh, we can't host your event here. Like three days prior to the event, I had to find a new venue. It would have been much easier for me to quit have I been just doing it for the money. But I'm not just doing this for, mo- for the money. It's impact over income for me. So that's why I'm able to persevere and push through that barrier and uh, sort to new heights. Yeah, I think that's really good. It's definitely key to stay passionate about whatever you're doing or don't start something unless you're passionate about it. And I think people start these things because they see other people making money with them online. Mm -hmm. So they kind of force themselves to like that specific topic and they burn out just like you said when it gets tough. Yeah, totally. And you need to understand that there is money to be made in every single industry. There's money to be made in e-commerce stocks, you know, Forex, trading, Amazon, podcasting, right? I, I know several people making six, seven, eight figures with, with the podcast, just to show right. But they're truly passionate about it. So you need to realize there's money to be made in everything. You can literally be pick, picking up garbage and making millions of dollars. If you market yourself correctly and you set up a proper system, you could be you know, a truck driver and vlog your life and be a millionaire, right? That's not hard to do with the power of Wi-Fi and, you know, a phone. Like all you need is Wi-Fi and a drink. That's it, right? Right. But it's 
getting that idea to people because they have that shiny object syndrome. They see, oh, nice car, nice this, made a lot of money, and they get attracted to that instead of actually getting attracted to the idea of like, hey, do I like doing this? Will this wake me up in the morning? It's like, you know, if it doesn't wake you up in the morning, you're not going to be able to sustain it. With me, right. like Icon, you know, I'm excited to talk to my event attendees and work with them. It wakes me up in the morning. I don't need an alarm to go off and be like, oh, get a fucking get out of bed at six in the morning. I'm excited that I get to get out of bed at six in the morning to work with my clients, right? Because I love it. It's like second nature to me. For a lot yeah. of other people, though, it's like, fuck, like I need to get out of bed and do this and this and that. It's such a, you know, like a burden on their shoulders because they're not enjoying it. They're not enjoying yeah. the process. I think that's definitely key. And that's good advice too, for anyone out there listening, take what Simon's saying, because if, if you're going to start any sort of entrepreneurial path or whatever you're doing in your life, if you're not passionate about it, you're going to burn out really quickly. And it's going to be a lot harder at that point, I think, to find something you're passionate about because you've already buried yourself in this hole. And totally. I know we're kind of getting short on time, Simon. So I want to go ahead and start wrapping up this episode We've talked about a lot. We talked about stock trading. We talked about netcom. We talked about your struggles. But what would be one piece of actionable advice that someone could take today? All right. So uh, I'll actually give you guys two <laughs> as a bonus. Um, one, uh, as we covered earlier, take advice from people who have results that you want. And two would be don't spread yourself too thin. Um, if you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none and people who get paid the most and actually are successful focus on one thing. And there's the saying by Warren Buffett, it's like, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? A lot of people get uh, caught up in that. They're like, Hey, I need to make, you know, three, four, five, six different streams of income, but that is false. You need to focus, especially when you're starting out, uh, you need to focus on one craft, become the master at it. Right. And basically scale that up to as much as you can then automate it delegate it and then once that automated and delegated business is making money invest in other sources of income that are going to make passive income that's how you don't put all your eggs in one basket but starting out you need to focus on one skill and follow one path until success like focus is an acronym for follow one uh, course until success so you need to stick to one thing until you make it work right be passionate about that thing and uh, just you know go all in on one thing because think about it this way if i'm hiring someone to let's say do digital marketing for me there's tons of agencies out there if i'm hiring an agency and let's say i'm going to be paying them 10 grand a month to do facebook ads instagram ads um lead gen for me all that stuff will i care if that that person who's doing my ads also knows how to trade stocks and play chess and you know play the violin no, I'm only hiring him for his skill of digital marketing and understanding right. ads and Instagram ads and all, you know, his crap. And if you are not the best at that skill, you're not going to get the pay the most amount of money. That's just what it comes down to. Who is going to have the best skill? The person who is putting 14 hours a day into just focusing on digital marketing or a person putting in three hours a day on digital marketing, two hours a day on trading, three hours a day on Amazon and like an hour and a half a day on like playing the violin, right? Right. You need to become the person that is the expert at that field, putting in 14 hours a day. You don't have to, but I'm just saying, for example, into that one craft until you become the best at it. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. So just like Simon was saying, guys, study people who have done what you're striving to do. Number one. And number two, focus on one skill and become a master at it. I think those two very good pieces of advice, especially for the younger entrepreneurs out there. 
But Simon, we're going to go ahead and wrap up completely. Where can my audience find you and NetCon on social media or any websites? Absolutely, Brady. Wanted to first of all thank you so much for having me on the show. If you guys want to connect with me and stay in touch, I am at Simon underscore Learner. That's L E R N E R on Instagram, and you can find Netcon at Netcon Event on Instagram as well. And through there, you guys can check out our events, our podcast, everything you guys want to you know find um, uh, useful. Um, we have a lot of resources for entrepreneurs. And if you have any questions, anything I can help you guys with, um, would love to hop on a call with each and every single one of you. Just shoot me a DM and let's connect. Awesome. And yeah, reach out to Simon, let him know what you thought of the show, ask him any questions you got. And Simon, appreciate your time, man. Thank you, Brady. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.